This week, we have a provocative take on EdTech past, present and future from the wonderful Bob Harrison. We also have Paloma Ford talking about the wonders of Triptico. I really hope you enjoy it. Fasten your seatbelts, it's time for Bob Harrison. Warning, he's a genuinely lovely guy. It's great to have somebody with me who is described by the TES as a former principal and governor and currently chair of the Board of Governors at Northern College and a governor at Elven College, blah, blah, blah. Um, and when I'm saying blah, 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 because this isn't the Bob I know. I know Bob is a, a, a fine um, human being, but also an inspirational speaker and author about education. And um, the only regret I have about Bob is that I've seen him speak, but I've never seen the faces and um, never seen him speak when the people who are the object of his derision uh, are actually present in the room at the same time. I'd like to see that at some point, Bob. But anyway, so how, how are things for you, Bob? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Uh, I, I hope you can hear me all right and uh, and see see me all right. Yeah, it's 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 a particular irony. Uh, you know, you mentioned the background and as a principal and a governor, but you know, I've I've spent well, I'm seventy this year, and I think fifty years of that have been in education, either as a teacher or as a practitioner, and then as a governor, as a chief examiner. So I've, I've had. Uh, I've dipped my toe in and then I had 15 years working for Toshiba after I retired as a principal of an FAE college. So I've had my foot in, in both the educational and the technology camps uh, yeah. and of course served on uh, the uh, ministerial ad advisory group, ed action groups at ETAG and FELTAG. So it, it's, it's a bit of a bittersweet time for me Pete to be honest with you because whilst on the one hand I'm really popular at the moment. My phones never stop ringing, and the emails have been, you know, and WhatsApps have been coming in. Can we pick your brains, Bob? Oh, Bob, uh, you know what you've been saying for the last twenty years. It seems even more. So that that that, that bit's really nice. Uh, the sad thing for me is that it's taken a virus, uh, and you know the tragic deaths of hundreds of thousands of people for this paradigm shift. To occur now, I, you know I, I know paradigm shifts are difficult to achieve unless there is some really extenuating circumstances. I just wish it could have been a bit different, to be honest with you. I wish, I'd, like I said in the te, in the Tez FE piece, it really makes me feel guilty that I didn't try harder and I didn't kick down a few more doors. So, uh, and you know, or maybe that was the wrong approach, mate. Maybe. I did kick down doors and I should have been a bit more subtle. So it's bittersweet, bittersweet. Well, but yeah, well, you shouldn't have any regrets, of course. But in the article, you, you say that uh, the genie's out of the bottle, of course. So you, do you really believe that then in terms of uh, what's happening with EdTech so quickly and uh, tragically, as you, as you said? Um, I mean, do you feel that um, some kind of you know retrogressive government ministers aren't going to put the genie back in the bottle at some point? Oh, oh, oh. I was talking to uh, my old friend and trusted friend Merlin John yesterday. He used to be the editor of Tez Online and then he, he ran Agent for Change for some time. He's retired now. And uh, he, he was he picked up on exactly the same phrase, Pete, because he said, uh, well, for, for some people, the genie has been out of the bottle for, you know, 20 years. 
and uh, we've been playing with the genie and and the genie's been good to us uh, but but the key now is uh, there will be those forces and hey let's be, i've already had the pylons the top tom bennett pylons and the uh, you know the others uh, i mean ridiculous statements and you saw some at the bottom of that piece that i wrote uh, uh, tom bennett for example saying oh this is the best example that edtech doesn't work well I don't know what planet he's living on, but it's certainly not the same planet that I'm living on because yesterday there was a really, really powerful, and if, if, if your listeners haven't looked it up, Google it, it's the Education Endowment Foundation, and it's a meta-analysis of all the studies that have ever been done about remote and online learning. And guess what? The absolutely unequivocal conclusion is that remote and online learning is as good as, but often better than face-to-face -face learning in terms of learner outcomes. So you're absolutely right. I, I, I know there will be those forces already planning to stuff the genie back in the bottle. Well, some of them don't even accept that there's a genie and uh, they will be definitely work. And, and there's a, a real good reason for that, Pete, why they will want to, and it's not just about pedagogy and it's not just about what's best for learning, teaching and assessment. It's about their own uh, egos and their own sources of power because the way that they have uh, access money and resources and the support of government is that they have slavishly reinforced Nick Gibbs views and others views and selectively picked out bits of research to show that their I'm using it in inverted commas now, trad uh, approach to education was the only way. And anybody who had the nerve and audacity uh, to suggest that there might be other ways and, uh, you know, that involve creativity and collaboration and communication and co-creation uh, and, and the use of technology. Anybody that dared suggest that there were other ways to their, you know, knowledge rich. I mean, come on knowledge rich i've been i've been involved in education for 50 years i've never known a curriculum that wasn't knowledge rich yeah so I, I i think i think you're right i think that the heart of your question is is the genie out of the bottle answer yes and it has been for some time but only if you're prepared to see the genie and secondly are the forces going to be uh, desperate to get it back in the bottle as soon as possible absolutely yes so for example uh, there will be those forces who will look now to discredit and undermine and defame uh, what is currently going on. And we have to resist, you know, we have to resist and we have to push back because the, the evidence and history is on our side. Absolutely no doubt about it. Mm. Okay, so if, if, if I may, can I sort of paint a nightmare scenario? I mean, this, this is just a nightmare scenario that, that I, I, I just thought about based on, on what you're saying. So imagine a world in a few years time where what happens is the politicians uh, have their feet very much under the table with the tech giants and recommend specific tech giants with whom they have a very uh, close relationship but maybe even a financial arrangement and they drive this um, supposed uh, edtech revolution and um, they cherry pick the evidence to suit that and everything else is discredited is, is this where you think it may be going or is that just a, a nightmarish um, scenario based upon uh, being on lockdown for too long 
Well, it's it's a dystopian future. There's no doubt about it. And I, I'll 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 draw a parallel for you, shall I? Mm. Uh, when when Margaret Atwood wrote The Handmaid's Tale, have, have you re have you read The Handmaid's Tale? I'm shamefully not all the way through. <laughs> right. Well, or, or it's on the it's been on the TV. When Margaret Atwood, 30, 40 years ago, wrote The Handmaid's Tale, everybody said absolutely ridiculous you know dystopian dark there's never no way now contrast contrast what margaret atwood's picture of dystopia future and then look at what's happening in america at this moment in time mm -hmm. so i think the, the danger that you are uh, suggesting and this is why we have to be you know when i say we uh the uh you know, the, the, the educationalists who are uh, more child-centred, learner-centred and use of technology, let's not get that, but we must avoid that dystopian future that you've just described. If you want to see the sources of that dystopian future, as you know, I go out to Stanford University most years, I didn't go last year because I'm a assessor on their master's programme for learning design with technology programme. And... Uh, the, what, the, 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 uh, in the economics department of Stanford University, there's two economic professors working in the Hoover uh, Institute, which is a very right-wing economic, and they wrote a book about 10 years ago called Liberating Learning, mm. and if you Google it, you can find it, and that is exactly the dystopian future that you've just described. From an economics point of view, schools and teachers particularly are very expensive uh, and uh, you know th their idea was this should be driven by the market uh, and you, if you look at what's happened in the united states with the the virtual charter schools and everything that's gone on it's been an unmitigated disaster and so i think i think you're right there are some darker forces that will want to turn learning into something quite dystopian machine learning uh maybe uh, uh, affected by uh, uh, built on artificial intelligence don't get don't get me wrong I, I think we've got a lot to learn about artificial intelligence but the, the, the reason i object to some of those dark forces in our own education system the daisy crystal Odaloo and tom bennett and some of those others they they thrive on a on the polemicist view that it's technology or teachers, it's technology versus teachers. Well, you and I both know it's never been technology versus teachers or technology or teachers. It's been teachers plus technology. Yeah. And, you know, that famous quote that you've often heard me say in presentations, and I don't know who I stole it from, but nevertheless, it resonates that technology will never ever replace teachers because of that human thing however 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 teachers who use technology effectively will replace those that don't mm. so the, the key the key question is how do we avoid that dystopian future that you just described you know the Googles and the Microsoft, and it'd be helpful if they paid a bit more tax, wouldn't it? And then we could perhaps invest in our education systems a bit more. Well, that's getting a bit political, too. Uh, it, it is, but they could always uh, pay no tax and then get bailed out by the taxpayer. 
Well, exactly. So, you know, without, without getting too political about it, um, you know, when they say, oh, Google's free. No, no, it's not actually. It's not free, is it? You know, um, and so I think in order to avoid that dystopian future, we need to be on our guard. Uh, we need to uh, draw on the evidence and you can't get, you know, look, look at the evidence base that there is about use of technology for improving teaching and learning. Mm. But, but I think we have to accept uh, that it's, a, it's going to be a fusion, a blend of coming together. It's not either or, it's never been either or, it's just mm. that either or gets your clickbait headline, head, headlines, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and and we'll we'll talk about those in a second in the context of user comments, um, and yeah, and I like that idea that that you know school is isn't preparation for life. School is life, and in life you use technology effectively, and it helps you learn. Whereas when you think about school as a preparation for life, then it seems to be quite sort of divorced from technology. And that, that seems to be some kind of bolt on that, uh, that only certain... Well, it depends. It, de it depends. And, and th that, that's the big challenge, but it depends which schools you go to. You know, I mean, t uh, tomorrow or later on this week, uh, the uh, education minister, the, the uh, Secretary of State for Education, will be announcing under their fairly shallow and paltry uh, ed tech strategy which they put 10 million pounds in i mean just think about that they put 50 million pounds into expanding grammar schools for a very small minority of pupils but they put 10 million pounds into improving the use of technology for all school children in all 26,000 schools yeah. now you know that that tells you everything about priorities but nevertheless later on this week uh, I'm led to believe that the uh, demonstrator hubs, for which there are about 10 or 12 schools and colleges that have applied for funding, and I know one or two of the people involved, and I, I sincerely hope they've got it. Uh, if your child goes to one of their schools that they're already using technology effectively, not only as a preparation and to help them with their existing studies, but as a pre preparation for life, mm. uh, if your child happens to be in the catchment area, fortunately, two of my grand, three of my grandchildren do, then, you know, you quids in. If on the other hand, I mean, ironically, the criteria for you to be demonstrate, to be selected as a demonstrator has, has, has had some criticism because you have to be an outstanding school. You have to be doing the e-back, you know, you have, so there's always the, the, like, the little levers that they pull. Uh, in order to incentivize people to drop into the their way of thinking about how teaching and learning is. Fortunately, we've got some good head teachers and principals out there that uh, know how to play the game. And uh, so, so you, you know, those those schools will be uh, allowed, to, or they, they'll be encouraged to then improve best practice. But I have to say, it's going to take a lot more than 10 million to try and uh, build on this massive paradigm shift that's happened because of the virus. I mean, I, I think it will go back, but hopefully uh, people like you in teacher education, we'll come on to that in a minute if you want, uh, will make sure that it can't possibly go back in. It can't possibly go back in. 
Yeah, and, and of course, you know, one of the things that universities care about a lot and teacher education cares about a lot is um, inclusion and, of, of course, social justice. And it, as part of this nightmare scenario, of course, the digital divides, um, the digital divide, sorry, actually exacerbates the social divisions. Um, and um, if, we've got to stop that happening, haven't we? Well, it's interesting you say that, and, and again, also topical, as well as the, the minister announced the uh, Oak National, I don't know if you saw that uh, in the press, but yes, the, I did. there's, there's, a, there's a, a £300,000 grant gone to the usual suspects, you know, Teach First, the favourite mats, uh, and the, the insiders who, who were members of the Guild Give Cult of Pedagogy. Mm. Uh, that they produce they've started and in fairness to them you know the teachers who've done all the talking heads and the lessons and everything they've all volunteered so they haven't seen anything of the 300k but you know that, that that's all gone out yesterday or the day before at the same time uh, that the whole issue about technology tech, let's be clear technology used effectively and ethically and morally can be a great leveler no doubt about it you've only got to look at uh, jim knight's home access to technology scheme in the late 2000s before gove scrapped it to see you know how if you uh, target uh, underprivileged disadvantaged families and communities use whatever criteria you like if you give them access to uh, a device and you give them access to the world of knowledge and not only the world of knowledge, but the school's website and the school's resources, it has a profound impact on their ability to learn and therefore could narrow the achievement gap. Mm. The converse, Pete, is also true. The converse is if you don't make interventions and if governments aren't supposed to intervene when the market fails, when are they ever going to intervene? Mm. Because, because technology can be an accelerant of disadvantage as well so whereas whereas uh, you know most of the studies about educational achievement will will one of the one of the evidence bases is that you can predict how kids are going to do in terms of achievement if you count the number of books in the home well that's how, that's how it used to be my view now is you can predict to to, to a certain degree how well kids are going to do in achievement at school and college and university by looking at the broadband speed that they've got and the number of devices that they've got in their in their home mm. so and and books as well of course and books as well because that you know that's another resource so i think that the laptop for uh, the laptop scheme that was put out by the government the laptop scheme that was put out by the government uh, rushed and I, I'm not sure whether you know the reason why it came out so rushed, do you? Um, mm, go on, better coming from you. Well, it was it was because there's a a, a group of lawyers called the Good Law Project, mm. and uh, they threatened uh, Gavin Williamson with a judicial review if he didn't come out with something because of the very fact that school closures are having a disproportionate effect on those who are already disadvantaged. So. Let me paint two pictures for you. One picture is a uh, uh, one picture is a nice uh, family, lovely family, uh, living in a 
you know, a nice suburb in Sheffield, four bedroom house, super fast broadband, uh, four devices. Kids have got devices in all their rooms. Uh, it's a rich, rich uh, environment. They've got books, you know, da 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 da. And the parents are supportive and everything. And then there's another family down in one of the tower blocks in Sheffield with no broadband, no connection, no connectivity, no devices, uh, and in the lockdown. Now, you, know, you don't have to be a professor of education to work out what's going to happen with that, do you? Mm. So the laptops, the, lap, the free laptop scheme is a great idea. But of course, what's happened? Uh, uh, it's so full of bureaucracy. First of all, the school has to make a business case to the to the uh, uh, DFE and there's a portal that they have to apply on well it's crashed it's not it's it's they've had to close it down it's well, it's not even opened so that's been delayed if you get access to the portal the school then has to make a business case to say right if you give me ten thousand pounds and I spend it on 20 laptops I'll give it to these 10 children and I expect we'll be able to measure this so you, you've got a business case to make out then the business case has to go to the local authority. Now, most local authorities don't control all the schools anymore in their, uh, because of the uh, academies and free schools and everything like that. But the local authority then have to decide which business cases are worth funding. And then the local authority have to fund them and then get the funding back from national government. Now, I'm not being funny, but by the time all that's happened, we'll probably be, you know, back at school and you know the the the, the, the issues moved on so mm. it, it's the point that you raise is absolutely critical digital technology can be a great leveler if used properly effectively morally ethically it can also be the exact opposite and i think uh, i'm not convinced not convinced that the uh, current government interventions uh, are, are going to do what we need need to happen mm, and, and especially when it's uh, hamstrung by bureaucracy slightly petty bureaucracy and um, and of course the the discourse of commerce and these are you know, recurring absolutely but, but but on the other hand just just to show that you know despite my polemicism I can be balanced uh, they if you want to learn how not to do it just Google Los Angeles Apple iPad disaster. Uh, and for those of your listeners and anybody else who doesn't know what that is, uh, basically some high ups, I mean, they're about to go to jail, I think. In fact, some of them are already in jail. Some of the school superintendents in Los Angeles did a deal with Apple and Pearson uh, at some weekend away in Las Vegas, I think, and uh, decided that wouldn't it be a great idea to give uh, 80,000 kids in the poorer districts of Los Angeles. I mean, it was a good idea in the sense, uh, but they didn't consult with teachers and they just thought they got a great idea. So they did this massive deal. They borrowed how many billions on the open market and bought Apple iPads preloaded with the Pearson's, uh, what's called in America's called the core curriculum, but it's preloaded with all the materials. And then uh, without consultation with teachers. In fact, what somebody said, what about the teachers? And they said, oh, well, we're not telling the teachers because they'll only moan about it. <laughs> so th 
they, they ordered they ordered all these laptops uh, tablets you know ipads other devices are available by the way and uh, they dump they, they, they dump them on the doorsteps of the schools a week before they were due to reopen and uh, they had to be distributed to the kids well guess what uh the, the you know the the, the schools that so, some of the schools the teachers didn't know what the teachers if they wanted one they could have one at a discount price uh well they, they dropped them all off on the doorsteps they, they took them in some of the kids got hold of them immediately they hacked the security settings uh learned how to get around them and most importantly 80 percent of the schools that they dropped them off of didn't have the uh, enough broadband capacity wi-fi capacity so it just crashed all their systems so throw, throwing throwing technology at the problem will not solve it mm. Yeah. So without and without actually thinking about what the infrastructure, what infrastructure is needed to support it, of course. And that, I think that's something that's been, you, know, you have definitely um, addressed uh, for many years, haven't you? And, and I, I, I try to address that as, as best I can. This lack of infrastructure. Um, well, I, I, work, think it's, it. I, th I think it's, I think it's a combination of things. You know, um, uh, I, I get. I, I, I get uh, lots of requests. Will you come and help us with our digital site? Da, 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 da. I mean, it, Diana Lorillard says improving uh, improving learning with uh, technology is not rocket science. It's much more complex than that. I, I'm not quite. I go quite so far. In some respects, it's, it's relatively simple in my view, and there are some absolutely key fundamental principles. Whether it's this is FE. Uh, schools and I, I laid them out in that article in the TESFE but they applied to schools and everywhere else fundamentally the, the first question is do you have at, right at the top of the institution whether that's board of governors trustees head teacher do you have a vision of what learning is going to be looking like let me just show you something here oh, am I on video uh, you audio? are on video so I can I can see you so I can I can describe Okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to show you a picture of my latest grandson. Oh, oh. Okay. Oh, he's lovely. <laughs> yeah, that's Zor that's Zoran, uh, and Zoran is just a year old last week. Mm. Now, work it out, Pete. When will he be leaving school? Uh, well, if he gets back into school, about twenty thirty eight. Mm. 2038. Mm. Just think about the changes that you've had in the last six months, 12. Here we are. You and I are on Zoom now. Mm -hmm. Six months ago, we probably didn't know Zoom existed. We didn't know that. Yesterday, I chaired a Board of Governors meeting of Northern College in Barnsley, sat where I'm sitting now with all the governors on. So think about those changes. And then think about the schools that Zoran will be leaving in 2038. Mm. And then think about how do we think we'll get from where we are now? And, and fundamentally, these are the key principles. Do we have the vision? Do we, do we have the horizon scanning ability in our organization to see what's coming down the line? What, what futures, what, 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 do we have the vision to, to use what we've got now? The second key is, do we have the infrastructure, the technological infrastructure to be able to support 
that vision of learning. Mm -hmm. The third question is, do we have the workforce capacity, capability and confidence to be able to use what technologies we've got now and in the future and the flexibility and the ability to agile, to be agile in how we respond to that? The fourth question is, do we have a system of inspection, funding, quality control, quality assurance and assessment that will help or hinder the use of that those technologies fifth question are we encouraging and empowering the learners to use their own devices and their own skill set so those are the those are the building blocks for any future uh, and unless you've got I do an exercise when I'm working with schools and colleges where I, I give them those five or six key things. And I said, right, what I want you to do is now rank order them for what you think is the most important. And of course, they all come up with different rank orders. You know, there's no pattern because it's, it's a trick question. The question is, they're all, you have to do all of them and they all have to be done at the same time. You cannot, there's no point banging in a load of infrastructure and not having the staff capability. There's no point having the staff capability and no infrastructure. There's no point that if the learners, uh, you, you know, aren't acting as digital leaders themselves in their own environment. There's no point in doing that if you've got a claustrophobic assessment, uh, quality assurance inspection system that's going to choke any of that innovation out. So. You know, th those are the key, the key things. You have to say at this moment in time, some schools have got some of those in, and colleges have got some of those in place. The ones that's not in the schools and colleges control, of course, is, are the ones that are with DFE, Ofqual, Skills Funding Agency, and the assessment bodies. Mm -hmm. um, so to some extent, you know, th there are lots and lots, hundreds of thousands of teachers that are bravely innovating with technology, despite the system. Uh, the key question now is, how do we ensure that we can support and move on and use those pioneers, if you like, uh, to help the system you know, move on as a system? Absolutely, and hopefully that will start to happen uh, with conversations or after conversations like these. Um, thanks so much bob it, it, it's always good to chat to you of course it, it's a shame there wasn't okay. lunch involved this time of course but uh <laughs> but we won't be, won't be doing things like that for quite a while i don't think well but, well well one, one final question for you is liverpool going to win the premiership um well i remember football wasn't it amazing um i know i know, I know. Uh, I, I, I find not just because I'm a Liverpool fan, but I find it inconceivable that the Premier League won't be won't be concluded in some way, you know, behind closed doors, whatever it is. Um, so it, it has to happen. But obviously, I'm slightly biased in that regard. No, I think it, it'll happen. Not not. But my motivation, uh, I, I don't think it'll happen because I'm a Liverpool fan, as you know, I'm a Man City fan and a Rochdale fan. Mm. Uh, I think it'll happen because there's too much money involved and uh, they, they can't, you know, the, the, the Premier League. What it might mean is they'll be played behind closed doors because I can't see how you can get anywhere near the social isolation thing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the price we have to pay for that is that there'll be no fans. But, of course, the TV will rake it in, won't they? Because, they you know, because there's, because there's no fans, their, their audiences will go up. And I think... 
they will try and play it and finish it off sometime during the summer uh, and then delay the start of the 20, uh, 21 season until later on than that. But who knows? Who knows? Exactly. That, that, well, that's what we'd like to happen anyway. At least that will sort of even things out. But, uh, but you know. Our things, our things in, in teacher. Are you still recording, by the way? I'm still recording, so I'll, I'll, I'll stop recording now. We have a very quick... No, 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 don't, don't stop. Let me ask you something. Yeah, uh, our, what, What's the story in teacher education then? How, how, are you, how are you facing the challenges? So, on one hand, universities are completely shut down, um, as in you know, there's no uh, physical lectures happening, as you can imagine. But, of course, what we have to prove, what we have to demonstrate to the DfE is that our trainees are on a trajectory towards passing. So there needs to be you know, rigorous evidence to demonstrate that. So obviously that there are compromises made because there won't be, you know, the evidence that we'll be assembling will not be identical to the evidence that we'd be assembling and had they been, you know, in schools and teaching 13 hours a week and so on. Uh, so it, it, it's a best fit approach, of course, but as long as it's rigorous and we're happy and the DfE are convinced, then um, they, they will get QTS. Um, of course, they'll need more support when they start teaching as NQTs. Um, they'll need to be additional support in place for NQTs. And hopefully that will be in September. Hopefully they'll, they'll be going into jobs that start in September. We don't know that for a fact, of course. But um, so the, you know, the, the, the best case scenario is that a new um, generation of NQTs start in September. They have additional support and everything's fine. That's the so, best case scenario. So, so let, 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 let me reverse the question to you. Will the genie go back in the initial teacher education bottle? Well, that's a, a crucial question. I think that certainly what I've been involved in is developing online resources and making sure that we can we can curate those and, and make them useful. But we need to take that to the next level and make sure that the delivery of courses to trainee teachers is influenced by these changes that we've that we've seen happening. So, for example, what would what I think that teachers everywhere are wrestling with is the difference between dumping a load of um, content on a VLE or whatever it is that people are dumping content on and really influential, meaningful pedagogy. And this is, this is something that obsesses me in, in, you know, in, in my research and writing and, and, and conversations and so on. Well, it's, it's, why, it's why you do this podcast, isn't it? Exactly, exactly, yeah. Because it, 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 it's really about how uh, pedagogy can be, the, the, these wonderful things that we do as teachers can be really embedded into um, the, te the technology. It, in, they're, they're inseparable. They're, 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 they, we don't even think about them as opposed to being very sort of separate from, from what they do. So I always, um, my you know, vision, if you like, is it's like a sort of ping pong uh, ball bouncing between the way that we use technology and these, you know, tr tr I hate to use the word traditional, but these uh, traditional skills like like uh, literacy and, and, and so on. Um, and of course, we like to use the, 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 the word literacies anyway in the plural, don't we? That, that mm. you know, obviously digital literacies are one of well, the absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question, but um, yeah, yeah. And, and is there an appetite for that in the in the uh, power structures within initial teacher education and in higher education? Well, yes, there is an appetite for it. I mean, there's certainly an appetite for it through uh, research, of course, because what what 
uh, we have to do in teacher education, we need to be researchers. We need to prove, demonstrate that we are that we are research active. So, um, that's one angle that we can take. You know, do, you know, take be taking part or creating small scale research projects that test certain technologies or certain ways of using pedagogy. Um, and sorry, using technology um, to advance our pedagogy. Um, so that's one way of doing it. Um, and of course, the idea is that that research informs what we do in the classroom so you know the, the, the way that we teach is it, is we are actually sharing some of the research that we're doing so that that you know, pushes the boundaries as well and of course what one thing that's really important in terms of what we do is that partnership you know being part of a partnership with the schools that we deal with so they all should really feed into each other so the, you know the research that we're doing what we're doing in the classroom what the schools are doing we, we sh it should be in um harmony um, and that's starting to happen of course um, but of course that we do see barriers the barriers that we were always talking about the fears that um that, that schools may have towards towards technologies especially students mobile phones and um the the people who are sort of um trying to get in the way of of the progress that we want to see uh, happen um, and that they're usually in whitehall Mm. Mm. Well, that, 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 that's really helpful and important because, again, I suppose one of those fundamental principles that I was outlining before, another one has to be uh, the in-service training of teachers, doesn't it? You yes. know, preparing teachers. If we're going to prepare young people for a digital future, we need to prepare the teachers to prepare the young people for a digital future. And whilst, you know, I, I know your PGCE programme and QTS programme does that, and I know there are quite a few other universities, you know, like Chester and some of the others where the people uh, uh, who are running it, uh, you know, share a similar vision. Mm. I'm, I'm not convinced it's systemic. I'm not convinced it's, uh, it goes across the system. Do you? No, are it's you? not universal, no. And, and I think that one of the reasons for that is, is a practical reason. And that's that um, because when you get thrown into a school on, on your teaching practice you, you're one of your biggest priorities is behavior management is getting the buggers to behave to, uh, to quote this is sue carley and um and that takes over many other things doesn't it it's like the one of the basics of being a teacher standing in front of a class controlling the kids and so on now if you can learn how to use technology to you know enhance your learning alongside that then you cracked it but i think that very often it, it doesn't feel like that to the trainee teachers what there's no, no disrespect to what they're doing simply because of systemic issues that are outside you know, our control if you like so really the the key uh, for for me you know my my wish is that the way that they're using technology is very much um you know alongside what they're doing it's it's embedded and mm. they're bouncing between these uh the, the use of technology mm. and the other aspects of pedagogy that are entirely necessary um and they're, they're never separate from each other okay well look i'll leave you with this um I, as i said in the in, in the start of my test piece i, I i'm 70 this year uh, I, I really do need. I really do need your generation to pick this story up and keep running with it because I'm not going to be around forever. And uh, uh, I mean, and pe other people, you know, like Stephen Heppel and Peter Twining and some of the other people who've been advocates in the last 10, 15 years, are feeling the same as me. 
We really do need it. And I'm really excited by the fact uh, that in the last three to four weeks, the number of young uh, teachers, the number of podcasts, the number of uh, people that have contacted me, uh, I, I really do feel confident there's a new generation of digital leaders coming through, educational leaders who are going to push back, who are not going to let the genie go back in the bottle, who, irrespective of what comes out of DFE, they're going to challenge it and you know they're going to hopefully continue in the line that I have, which has been to try to be constructive, uh, but also to be challenging to government policy. And when it's wrong, you have to say that it's wrong uh, and that there's a different and a better way. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm grateful for you asking me on. It's one of the few things that I can, uh, well, it's one of the only things I can do at the moment because I'm locked down because I'm, I'm in the vulnerable group. So uh, uh, I, 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 need, I need you to carry on doing this stuff. And I need, my legacy needs to be, hopefully that there's a generation of younger upcoming teachers, both in schools and call it an FE colleges. Uh, I've got a piece out in SecEd next week. So I did my FE piece last week. I've got another one in SecEd next week. I, I hopefully it will inspire a few more of you to not let the genie get back in the bottle. We can't afford for that to happen, Pete. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Bob. And okay. we'll, 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 keep, we'll stay in touch and we'll, we'll, what we don't know what we're going to make happen but we'll we make something happen <laughs> and, all right we, we, keep be... singing the song keep yeah, singing I'll... the song you take care cheers bob thanks again bye 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 attention attack of the week or Paloma Ford talking about Triptico, just for a minute. Hello, this is Paloma Ford from Screening for Dyslexia, just coming on very quickly just to um, talk about Triptico Plus, um, which is I've been using the product for about seven years for my um, students, for my teaching. I kind of more or less probably couldn't uh, do a typical lesson without it. I love the um, I love the resource because it's extremely creative, um, but it's very very user friendly. You can create games like quizzes and uh, stuff like bingo. You can find ten. You can use it for flashcards. You can use word magnets. The list is endless. Um, it got updated a while back, and as far as I'm concerned, it's even better now with the updates because you can actually create and save actual lessons. So you can add to them and edit them. So it's one of the best products. I'd highly recommend Triptico, um, Triptico Plus. And if you've not heard of it, you need to Google it today. Thanks for listening. Apparently, many people don't listen to the end of a podcast. So that means I can say what I want. So I will say, please look after yourself and stay well. And hopefully you'll listen next week. Take care. See you later.